Welcome to Locked on Grizzlies. My name is Peter Edmiston. I've been covering this team for about 15 years on radio and the newspaper and here in podcast form. And uh, I really appreciate you guys downloading the podcast or streaming it on Spotify or uh, iTunes or wherever it is you happen to be listening to it. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for being part of the podcast and thank you for the reviews and all that stuff that's out there. Got a big show for you today. Coming up in a little bit, you're going to hear my interview with Mark Gasol. Had a chance to talk to the standout Grizzly Center for uh, for a good bit yesterday after practice, and uh, Mark was pretty frustrated and pretty candid about some of the things that are going on right now, and I think it's a conversation uh, in depth that you're not going to get to hear uh, in a lot of places. It's, I mean, you're not going to hear anywhere else, first of all, but you're not going to hear the kind of conversation uh, that we have in too many places. He talks a lot about culture and team building and these kinds of things that um, you don't hear guys get into this in depth all that often. And, and really, it can apply if you happen to run uh, a company or, you know, or on any kind of team of your own. Uh, it, it can definitely apply some of the concepts that he talks about. So I think you're going to want to hear that. And certainly Grizzly fans, listen, I'll, I'll tell you, listen very closely to the interview too, because I don't know that, you know, Mark is not quite ready to uh, give up every detail of every feeling that he's having, but uh, he will give you some subtle hints and some signs. If you listen closely, you can hear a lot of things. If you read between the lines, you can get a feel for what's going on. So I would encourage you to listen in and do that. Also going to talk about the new Grizzlies, one of them probably a more permanent addition than the other, and what is an absolute ridiculous tank fest tonight down at FedEx Forum. And we'll take a look at the tank standings and where things stand as we are rapidly approaching mercifully approaching the end of this season. Tonight it is the Grizzlies and the Kings. The Grizzlies predictably lost to Pelicans on Wednesday night. No surprise there. Another big night for Marshawn Brooks, who is now the newest Grizzly. He receives a multi-year contract, two-year deal, according to Shams Sharani of Yahoo Sports. That is uh, guaranteed for the remainder of this year and for next year. So that's the multi-year portion of it. Whether there's an option or anything like that, I don't know. Hasn't been reported that there is, but wouldn't shock me. The number is probably right around the minimum, but for Marshawn Brooks, a no-brainer, a guy that came over at the end of the Chinese Basketball Association year. His team got eliminated in the quarterfinals of the playoffs. And he comes in, and guy, guy scoring baskets, man. You got to give him that. He scored 70 points in his first three games. That's a record for a Grizzly, and he's done exactly what he was signed up to do, which is to go get buckets, show that you can score, and he's doing that. And um, So congratulations, first of all, to him. At the age of 29, not a lot of guys go over, you know, kind of flame out right out of the gate, go over to China or wherever and come back and get back into the league. That's not a real common path. So credit to him for that because it takes a lot of determination, a lot of um, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta stick with it. If you're going to go, that's a tough way to go. And he did it. So well done to him. Congratulations to him. Now, as far as the signing itself goes, uh, the roster spot is more of the concern than the actual money. Money's not a big deal with a, with a contract like that. The roster spot is interesting because if it is in fact guaranteed, then you've limited your flexibility next year. I mean, obviously that takes away a spot for, you know, somebody else, a signing in free agency, um, another pickup, 
uh, a trade even if you have to do a you know a two for one or something like that it, it just takes away some of your flexibility so you'd better be sure that this is a guy that's going to be able to contribute he looks like he's going to be able to but I would caution everybody and I kind of feel like the uh the party pooper here I don't want to be that guy I don't want to be the old turd in the punch bowl here so I apologize for that but just remember March and April are weird years or weird months rather in the NBA because as you know the Grizzlies are tanking lots of other teams are tanking other teams have a lot of motivation some teams don't have any motivation and particularly for teams that are tanking somebody's got to score points somebody's got to get baskets you have a Marcus Hall who is not especially thrilled with the way the season is going, uh, who isn't really uh, a key option, who doesn't play nearly as much as he would. You don't have Tyreek Evans. You don't have Mike Conley. You don't have guys that are really capable of scoring that many points. Somebody's got to help this team get to 80 or 90 points, and that falls to you know the guy that's going to end up with the ball in his hand a lot late shot clock and a guy that can get some buckets, Marshawn Brooks. Now, he's going to put up numbers. Remember Torrance Kenzie, April 07, Grizzlies Rookie of the Year, or Rookie of the Month, finished that season. If you go back and look, as I did, at those last 10 games or so of his season, the guy was unbelievable down the stretch. I mean, he had a 28-point game, 20-point games uh, all over the place. From like, he started he, he started to jump in and, and play more, like at the end of March, in probably 10 or 15 games at the end of the season, he played and was was really good. Um, so did that apply? Did he have a long and storied career? I mean, he was a rookie, of course, so it's a little bit different. Marshawn Brooks is more experienced, but no, it didn't really carry over. Uh, Scalabissier last year, same kind of thing with the Kings. He was fantastic in March and April. Didn't really carry over, so I, I don't. I don't know that you want to go uh, completely gaga over those numbers. They're nice, they're useful, they're good, but um, how much do you really want to read into them? Uh, I wouldn't read much into the numbers. Now, the, the thing I do think that that is good is that he can get buckets, and he can get buckets in a late shot clock situation. He can get his own shot. A lot of the isolation stuff that you don't see too many other Grizzlies having the capability of doing. That stuff he can do. And that's valuable. And that's a skill set that they need. They don't have. So, you know, if, if you think, I guess the, the, the team perspective would be, you know, we're buying extremely low on a guy that has the capability of growing into a more prominent role next year and being a rotation type guy bench player that can go in and get us buckets a kind of a poor man's you know Lou Williams or something of that nature if that's the case then certainly it's a deal worth making and it will be well worth the the outlay but obviously it does limit what you can do and if you look at the roster now it's um it's interesting and it's interesting to kind of think about we'll do that more kind of in, in the summer but you think about what this team will look like next year that's already starting to come into focus a little bit and I, I don't know that you would necessarily like what you see we'll uh, we'll talk about that later on but when we return we're going to talk about tonight's game about what the Grizzlies are going to actually be doing who's even going to be playing at this point and uh, boy 
<laughs> what what does it all mean? We'll do that next as you listen to Locked On Grizzlies. Grizzlies and Kings FedEx Forum later on tonight. And uh, let me tell you, this one is a tank fest. The Grizzlies have responded to what's happened. It's been a good week from a tanking perspective for the Grizzlies, though. In terms of the pick, it's been a week that's gone almost everything, not quite everything, but almost everything has gone exactly the way that they would have wanted it to go. For example, you had Phoenix finally winning a game. They had lost 15 straight, but they finally won one against the Kings. And uh, that means that now they're sitting at 20 wins. The Grizzlies are at 21. The Suns do play the Mavericks. We'll get to them in a second. They play the Mavericks last game of the year in Dallas. Well, that certainly could be uh, a sneaky little win for the Suns because this, the, the Mavericks are truly tanking as well. And so, uh, you know, they, they're, they, they're very aggressive in the way that they're doing it. If you watch Dallas play Orlando this week, you know how aggressive the Mavericks are in the tank and Orlando too, for that matter. Both of those teams, incidentally, Dallas did to Portland what the Grizzlies did to Portland the week prior. They beat them and for no reason didn't want to win, tried not to win, couldn't help it, just kept winning. And that Blazers team, unlike the one that played the Grizzlies, actually had pretty much a full complement. They had Damian Lillard in addition to everybody else. So um, kind of a shocker there, but it opened up a real good opportunity because then Dallas played Orlando on Wednesday. Dallas was able to lose that game. Orlando won. So that means both of those teams are at 24 wins. Well, Grizzlies being at 21, Atlanta at 22, and the Suns at 20 means that now the Grizzlies could theoretically win tonight and win Sunday in the uh, home finale against Detroit and would still be third at worst in terms of the rank. That's pretty good. That means that third is probably your floor in terms of the lottery position, which means that sixth is your pick floor because theoretically three teams could jump you, but that's the absolute worst that you could do. And if you end up with a sixth pick, while it would be bad luck from the Grizzlies, you still are going to end up with one of the top tier type players or near top tier players in this draft. You could still end up with a a, a potentially franchise changing or at least um, someone who's very good you, you should be able to end up with somebody like that even at six. So I think your worst case scenario is pretty much out the window now. You feel pretty good about where you're at. But the Grizzlies are not satisfied with that outcome. Oh no. They are wanting to, needing to, trying to make sure that they could theoretically be in position to tie Phoenix should that opportunity arise. And so tonight... As they take on the Kings, everyone is out. You can assume everyone's out. Jarrell Martin is out. He's got a season-ending injury. That means, by the way, that uh, Omari Johnson has been signed from the hustle. Uh, it's listed as a multi-year deal. Don't worry about that. That's just an option. Um, this is basically just a placeholder situation because the Grizzlies don't have any other big men to speak of. They just got to sign somebody. So uh, they, they, they throw him into the mix. Um but Jarrell Martin's out for the rest of the year. Uh, Wayne Selden is out. Andrew Harrison is out. As you know, Chandler Parsons, you can pretty much always assume that Chandler's going to be out. He's out again. You can assume, and you know Mike Conley, 
It's going to be out. Tyreek Evans continues not to be with the team. Um, Marcus Saul is going to be rested, which is interesting uh, based on the conversation you're going to hear later on, but also the fact that, you know, he played about 19 or 20 minutes in the game on Wednesday. It is a home game. It's not a back-to-back. Um, this is just a brazen tank resting situation. It's one that Mark uh, does not like, does not like to be rested in these situations. But the Grizzlies, as I said, are pulling out all the stops tonight. They're going to make sure that they have every opportunity to lose this game. They may still win because the Kings are the Kings. They're very young and very up and down and capable of losing to anyone at any time, as you saw in Phoenix. But the Grizzlies are going to give themselves every opportunity to lose this game. Maybe they're setting up to then because they have, they feel like they have to play everybody on the game on Sunday. I mean, Marcus Saul did go out and uh, put his own money up to pay for tickets for kids to come to the game on Sunday, a very nice gesture on his part, but it would be a very uh, hilarious gesture and a sad gesture in many respects. If Mark were to do all of that and then be rested because the Grizzlies didn't want to risk actually winning the game. And Lord help you if that's the last time that Mark would play in FedEx Forum or be seen in FedEx Forum, because I guess that is a possibility depending on what happens in the offseason. So a weird time. I guess the reason he's being rested in this game is because he's going to play on Sunday. And who knows who else will be. If he has to play, then who knows what the resting situation is going to look like. But the Grizzlies are just brazen. No question about it. No doubt about it. They are tanking. They are happy to tank. And uh, they're apparently the NBA has not punished them for what happened in Utah uh, when Mark sat after going 11 for 12, sat the entire fourth quarter. You'll hear Mark talk a little bit about that coming up in the interview. So the Grizzlies apparently have not been punished for that, which means that um, I guess they feel the gloves are off. Go for it. Go crazy. And uh, they certainly seem to be doing that in the matchup tonight uh, with the Kings. So we'll discuss all of this uh, later on uh, next week when everything is settled. We figure out exactly where the standings will end up, what should be a very, uh, very interesting, let's say, media day after the season is over and we start to get a few answers about turning the page. Maybe we'll find out some more stuff on the ownership front. There's just a lot that's very much up in the air from this team and it really can't be resolved or discussed or really figured out until the season comes to an end. So that's kind of why it feels like you're on a little bit of a treadmill here for the next week or so until the season actually comes to an end. Coming up after this break, you're going to hear from Mark Gasol. Stick around an interview that you're going to want to listen to. Also, a little breaking news from the Locked On Podcast Network. All that is next as you listen to Locked On Grizzlies. Locked On Grizzlies returns. And before we hear from Mark Gasol, I want to throw it over to uh, our friend John Corrales from the Locked on Celtics podcast as he talks a little bit about what is a really tough injury for the Celtics, the loss of Kyrie Irving for not only the rest of the season, but also the playoffs and what that means for them. John Corrales here from Locked on Celtics to talk about the breaking Kyrie Irving injury news. He is going to have surgery on his left knee to remove screws that were implanted in 2015 when he fractured his patella. Now, you might remember a few weeks ago, he had surgery on that same knee to remove a supporting wire that was also part of that same injury. Now what they have found is an infection at the site of the screws. So they're going back in. 
They're going to take the screws out. They're going to clear up the infection. The Celtics say his knee is structurally sound, but it's going to take four to five months for everything to recover and for him to get back to playing basketball. The Celtics focus has always been on next season, especially after the Gordon Hayward injury. But now they definitely will not have Kyrie Irving back for the playoffs. After the initial surgery, they had thought maybe he'd return at some point in the first or second round. Now that is out. So the immediate impact for the Boston Celtics is Terry Rozier is probably going to move into the starting point guard role, a role that he has served well for the Celtics so far in Kyrie's absence and in Marcus Smart's absence. They hope to get Marcus Smart back at some point in the first round. He's got he's had that thumb surgery to repair a torn tendon, so hopefully for the Celtics that he comes back, but immediately they will not have Kyrie Irving for this playoff run. It's going to be tough getting out of the first round for the Celtics. If they do and they get to a second round, that's going to be especially difficult. So I'm sure teams are going to start lining up hoping to play the Celtics in that second round. That specifically would be Cleveland. Long term, they say the knee is structurally sound and they hope to start next season with a healthy Gordon Hayward and a healthy Kyrie Irving. And the Celtics' priority has always been that. So... We'll see how that goes, but right now there's no further damage. It's not another injury. It's not a separate thing. It's all part of the same thing to clear up what they had done to fix his knee in 2015, and this should remove every apparatus that was in there, and once that's out and healed and the infection is gone, Kyrie Irving should be good to go. We'll see. That's the breaking news. I'm John Corrales from Locked On Celtics. You can, of course, check out Locked On Celtics uh, over uh, where you get this podcast or anywhere else. Search for it. They do a great job, and uh, I would imagine throughout the playoffs, there's going to be plenty to discuss uh, with the Celtics. Now, Marc Gasol had much to discuss, and I talked a lot about it with him. So we'll wrap up today's edition of Locked on Grizzlies with the interview with Mark. Again, you'll hear Mark. Uh, just listen closely. You'll understand, I think, if you read between the lines what Mark is saying. You haven't played fourth quarters. As a competitor, how do you deal with that aspect of it when you want to win, but obviously there's things that are different? You know, on, 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 a, on a situation that we're in, it's, it's obviously um, you know frustrating situation for everybody. Um, you cannot expect um, you know to have um, things go your way. Even even with that, they know how much I want to play. They know how much I want to compete. Even though even knowing all those things and and, and, and those things being shown um, over 10 years. Um, they made the decisions they make, uh, and you just deal with it. It's, it's your job. You can. You have two options in every decision that you you have to deal with. You can either be negative about it and be pissed off, and, and that doesn't create anything. Doesn't help because it doesn't change. Uh, because I was pissed off and didn't didn't change. Uh, in a, and it's my my issue is that it, it creates a habit, uh, and it. it you know, we always talk about developing, and, and that, that, to me, it doesn't develop much. But it's it's a situation we're in, so you have to, you know, try to be positive, still be engaged with, uh, you know, trying to help, especially uh, the bigs, Ivan and Didi, um, Jarrell. He, you know, when he was able to play, um, showing the right way to play because you know I know they frustrate too. They don't get the ball much, um, and, uh, and you know the game, the way it's going, it's can be really frustrating um, so I mean I, I tell them like look if I don't get the ball you guys shouldn't expect getting the ball much uh, so I try to you know keep them positive and, and and show a positive energy so so they don't you know get down has there been discussions either 
started by you or started by them about just shutting the whole thing down, just saying, you know, we're not, if we're not going to play the full game, if we're not going to give it a full run, let's just not. That would be unfair. That would be unfair. That would be disrespectful to the game. You know, I'm, 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 I'm going to play for whatever they allow me to play. If it was up to me, I would play. We're playing 35, 40 minutes a night. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm going to be ready to go um, whenever they call my number. Uh, and, and I just, you know, I don't necessarily do it for them. I do it for um, all, everybody that supported us, that supported me. Uh, you know, I cannot just disrespect and say, like, look, you know what, like, you know, just to do it uh, for 20 minutes, I, I don't want to play. No, I, I want to play for however long they, they allow me to play. Um, because I know, you know, the people are watching us. I know the people follow this team. I know our friend, fan base has been great. And for me to, you know, just because it's not okay with me, I'm not, it's not what I want to, um, to refuse to do it. I, it's just not my nature, it's not what I stand for. It's tough because, you know, it's, it's, it's a tough situation because you're always trying to lead by example on the floor. Really now, you know, your minutes are very limited. Uh, you know, the, the, the consistency and the things that we try to do are really, uh, um, hard to describe uh, at this moment, uh, and, and the direction is it's it's hard to understand. So you know you just want guys to just make, make try to make the right read, whatever the situation is. Try to help each other, try to make somebody else better, and and, and let the chips fall where they may. Control what you're in control, um, and uh, you know just hopefully Sunday a lot of people comes out to watch the team. Um, against Detroit, obviously tomorrow night too against Sacramento, but uh, you know, hopefully Sunday it's a great turnout and, and we can get the arena as full as possible uh, for the last home game. The role of the coach, you've had so many different... I, I, saw, I saw your... Uh, yeah, your like you saw, so what, what do you... Like, I want it's, your, a, it's a huge thing, it's a huge thing. Uh, coaching is a huge thing. Uh, I, don't, I don't agree when people say that this is a players league uh, only, uh, and it's, it's a thing um, the team is an ecosystem, its own ecosystem, and you have to, um, you know, an ecosystem. There's um, different parts, moving parts that uh, that you have to take care of, and 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 the head coach is huge, huge because that's um, leadership, right? That's that's part. That's to me, it's who sets the rules, and and then the leaders of the team are in place to uh, enforce them and show how they. Uh, they applied and, and to live by those rules, um, but those are the ones that you know kind of like sets the tone and, and creates the language that everybody needs to speak uh, basketball-wise. So like, not a not to no knock on any previous coach or anything like that, um, but does it surprise you or in, uh, disappoint or, in, or do you have a feeling that they haven't gone after any? They've never spent money as an organization on a coach. They never seem to really prioritize the position. They've gone after a lot of younger guys or inexperienced guys. Has that been problematic? You guys had a core that you built it anyway, so you had a lot of culture within, but has that been an, an issue? I don't know. You have to ask them what, you know, I, I don't know what, what process they, they, they do when they, you know, get um, to a coach search. I don't know what, you know, what um, kind of um, direction they go or what, what they're looking for in, in those people. Um, I know, knowing how they operate, I know certain things that they, um, they like to, to get from those coaches, um, and uh, it's not, you know, it's, it's hard to, to see, but I mean, we'll see, we'll see what, what, they, what they're looking for, what they try to get, um, and who they go after, I mean, I, I really don't like, 
you know, that's that's one of the things. Because you know, it's always like we talked about like the, the idea of like, culture has always been a big thing, and like from top down, you know, and it feels like there's been a disconnect from the top to the middle or to See, that coaching thing. The thing about culture is you, you don't get to peak when you apply, right? You don't always apply culture um, when things go well. Right. Culture is a thing that you. It's, it's, it's a habit, it's a thing that you live by. So, what culture are you applying right now? Where's this culture? Right. That's, you know, that's what I have an issue with. You know, the type of uh, basketball that we're uh, having, having to play right now, what, what, what kind of culture is that? It's just because, you know, uh, things go, don't go as planned, like, culture shouldn't, shouldn't be, should never be, uh, you know, compromised. Uh, because it's something that it carries and it's something that you need really solid foundations to build on. And you can just decide when you apply culture and when it fits you or not. It's something that you do every day, every practice, every game, every trip. You know, it's, it's 24 hours a day. So It feels like something that would be like, um, that you would kind of, you know, when you're doing your normal pre-game talk or like, you know, you're doing strategy sessions and things like that. When you know that, you know, from the organization, it's kind of, it is what it is with the season, that would pervade the it, 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 of For sure you kind of lose power in the message that you're trying to send. So, but then, it's also as players, you know what's right and what's wrong, or what you're supposed to do right or what's wrong. You cannot use, um, you know, the situation the team is in and, and, and whatever is going on outside to, the, to be selfish. You know, that's kind of, you know, I'm, I should be, you know, Man, I'm, I'm not getting more shot. I'm, I'm not mad at that. Like, let the game be played, and you know, a game you get five shots or ten shots, and and the game is going great, and everybody's shooting the ball, and whoever else is shooting, that's great. But when we don't do that, and we kind of like, okay, well, shit, this, I'm gonna take mine, or I'm, you know, I, that's when I have a problem with, or when we don't help each other defensively, or we don't do the schemes that we're supposed to, that we work, work and talk about. Um, that's that that's that's personality. That's you. That's who you are. You know, you, you have. It's like if you go to a party, if, and uh, you only bring, you know, you bring a bottle of wine, and you drink the whole bottle of wine. Oh, you got to bring something else for somebody else. If you only take care of yourself, um, that's that's it's just not fair. Yeah. You, you got to bring something to the table. You got to help somebody else be better. And that's always been my mindset. Um, you know, when you know in previous years. Um, you gotta compliment somebody, make somebody else's job easier. Um, that will build a team. Somebody get it. <coughs> Everybody has to give to the team. Think of the team as a third person, as the ecosystem. Right. What you bring to the team? How you take care of that? How you respect that? Are you respecting it? Are you taking care of it? And those are the questions that you know everybody should live by and, and be implied. If, if and that's part of culture again. Like if you choose, okay, now with this guy I'll apply, but with this guy I won't. And and you pick and choose. Like that's not culture. Culture goes, it's it's like I said, it should never be compromised. If JB comes to you fourth quarter, you, like Utah, does he have to say anything, or do you just kind of go? Oh, oh I, mean, would, I, I mean, uh, it's uh, I mean, I can't blame him. I, can't. I mean, there's more bigger forces than than that. Correct. Right. So you know, I feel you know it's a situation to win, and if, if, if he gets to the fourth quarter and he cannot play me. I know he wants to win. I mean, I, I, I know he wants to do it, and, and I know uh, we've been doing it. We were on that path. Yeah. We were turning the corner as far as guys understanding their roles and, and how this game should be played on both ends of the floor, and the amount of effort and the amount of uh, togetherness that it took to play uh, to win.
Oh, dude, that, you know, that, yeah, that's questionable. Does he, doesn't even, does he say anything? Like, I'm not playing here? Do you just all kind of know, like, okay, this is how it is? No, I mean, as a competitor, like, I can tell you, like, when my heart rate is 50 uh, yeah. BPM, I can tell you, yeah, I understand, like, you know, the situation. Once it's competition and, and you out there and you, you know, you see the game and your heart is pounding at 175, 180, you want to go back in, you want, you see your game, your teammates, uh, like, obviously, then the game is over. And you try to bring it down, and you try to uh, be rational again. It's it's different, but obviously at those times, you, all you think about, like you you get, you get tunnel vision. You just think about um, you know winning and beating you know the guy in front of you and beating the team in front of you, and uh, and, and that's you know that's where, where your mind goes to.